0: Welcome back, welcome back to the Mind Over Matter podcast. I'm your host, Darren Lucas, and in today's episode, we're going to be discussing something that's really been affecting our country as of late, and uh, that's the topic of excessive force by law enforcement, um, otherwise known as police brutality. Um, To kick things off, I want to start off with, with a song by two of my favorite artists, Nas and Kanye West. The song is called The Cop Shot the Kid. And uh, I feel as though, you know, this song is really relevant uh, to the topic we're going to be discussing today. I don't want to hurt nobody We just came here to party See a few dames, exchange some names I'ma top shot the kid, stay in your lane The cop shot the kid, same old same Pour out a little lick liquor, champagne for pain Slap boxing in the street Crack the hydrant in the heat Cop cars on the creek Doing they roundups, we just watch for the sweep yeah. It's hotter than July. It's the summer with divide. It's the summer with divide. Together we'll be strong, but forever we divide. So y'all are blowing my high. Type of shit that's killing my vibe. White kids are brought in alive. Black kids get hit with like five. Get scared, you panic, you going down. The disadvantages of the brown. How in the hell the parents bury your kids, not the other way around? Reminds me of Let's remind them why So, so many quotables in that song relevant to today's topic. Uh, the disadvantages of the Brown, the memory of Emmett Till, the reason why Colin Kaepernick nails, and so on and so forth. But anyway, let's jump right into it. Excessive force by law enforcement, otherwise known as police brutality. Let's start by defining it. Excessive force refers to force in excess of what a police officer reasonably believes is necessary. A police officer may be held liable for using excessive force in an arrest, an investigatory stop, or other seizures. Basically, what all that means is an officer is just um, doing way too much. He's completely out of line. I'll share some examples of excessive force. Uh, The first is skipping out on verbal commands. This is when an officer immediately resorts to becoming physical with subjects rather than simply talking, um, which honestly may not always work, but should probably always be the first step, in my opinion. Um, The second example is causing bodily injury um, unnecessarily. We've seen tons of examples of this, you know, where... uh, there's some, some degree of physicality is required, but the officer goes to extremes, uh, maybe punching or kicking or slamming a subject, resulting in injury. A lot of times, um, that same subject will sue, and uh, it'll result in them receiving some sort of compensation. The third example of excessive force um would be harming someone that's already restrained, already in handcuffs. You know, an officer, again, might punch or slap or kick or... Do whatever to a person who's already in handcuffs for whatever reason, uh, despite the fact that, you know, they clearly could no longer resist arrest. Now that we have an understanding of what police brutality is, I want to speak on uh, its history and the history of its victims, um, who without a doubt have been predominantly African-Americans. African-Americans are much, much more likely than whites to be killed at the hands of police. The same goes for the uh, general use of force by police in their interactions with African-Americans. We see some of the previously mentioned um, punching, kicking, chokeholds, tasing, and of course, shooting uh, at much higher rates as well. Okay, so a bit on the uh, origins of law enforcement um, is its beginnings with slavery. As we all know, before the Civil War, African Americans were enslaved. Um, back then, policing came in the form of slave patrols, where whites would apprehend and punish slaves who they believed to be traveling without um, their papers or permits. Um, the first slave patrol came out of South Carolina in the early 1700s. Fast forward to the 1800s. Um, after the Civil War, the Reconstruction Era. This is after slavery was abolished. Um, This is where we begin to see actual police forces and not just a bunch of white men who um, volunteered to apprehend slaves. Yet and still, though, African-Americans were uh, their primary target. This era is infamous for the unjust treatment of African-Americans, you know, with uh, legal segregation and Jim Crow laws and the lynching of black people. Uh, Police officers and just racist whites in general would do whatever they felt to African-Americans with impunity. Fast forward to the 60s, um, the civil rights era. Uh, There's much of the same. We see African-Americans banded together in peaceful protest for their rights as equal beings, Um, again, being terrorized by police. A simple Google search will show you images of police officers beating up or hosing down or um, using attack dogs against protesters. We continue to see this type of uproar and violence many years later, one of the most popular examples being uh, the beating of Rodney King um, by police officers. Uh, Rodney's beating was caught on tape uh, in 1991. We see images of Rodney on the ground being battered by police officers with night sticks. Um, these same officers were later acquitted of charges and this resulted in the LA riots, uh, which sadly led to more bloodshed and destruction. Leading up to 2020, <clears throat> there's been many instances of police misconduct, and it's led to even more riots and public outcry. Police officers have been mandated to wear body cameras, but the problem of uh, excessive force still persists, and it's one of the most controversial topics today. There are countless examples of police brutality in recent years, but for the sake of time management I'll only mention a few that have drawn national attention, beginning with Eric Gardner. A 43-year-old man who was killed after being placed in a chokehold while being arrested for selling cigarettes illegally in New York. This happened in 2014. His last words were, I can't breathe, uh, before his untimely death. Um, I can't breathe went on to to serve as a slogan chanted by uh, protesters across the country. There's also uh, Michael Brown. An unarmed 18-year-old who was fatally shot by a Ferguson, Missouri police officer. Uh, There's Tamar Rice, a 12-year-old who was shot and killed by uh, law enforcement while carrying a toy gun in Cleveland, Ohio. This happened in 2014 as well. Um, There's 50-year-old Walter Scott who was fatally shot in the back in 2015 while attempting to escape a police officer in North Charleston, South Carolina. Freddie Gray, 25, of Baltimore, Maryland, was also killed by police officers in a really, really disturbing arrest. Um, It was revealed that uh, he sustained many uh, spinal injuries in police custody. George Floyd, 46, also died whilst in police uh, custody, with the police officer placing their knee on his neck for uh, 8 minutes and 46 seconds. This occurred in Minneapolis, Minnesota. As we can see here, the common theme um, seems to be the ill-treatment and oppression of African-Americans. But these inequalities go way beyond just police brutality. Um, There are huge disparities between people of color and whites as far as wealth, education, home ownership, health care, and incarceration. A Business Insider article gives insight on these disparities in employment, stating that blacks are underrepresented in high-paying jobs. The Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that 54% of employed Asians worked in management, professional, and related occupations, the highest-paying major occupational category, compared with 41% of employed whites, 31% of employed blacks, and 22% of employed Hispanics. The article goes on to state that this is in part the result of racist hiring practice that kept blacks out of business for decades under Jim Crow and other subtle forms of prejudice. I would assume that one of the more subtle forms of uh, Prejudice would be something like refusing to hire African-Americans on on the basis of ethnic information, like maybe their names. As far as education, I've researched and found that there still exists inequalities in funding and resources. Um, In schools that are predominantly minority, there's less funding and less resources than other schools. This includes qualified and competent teachers and also the material that students are being taught. This, of course, affects things like test scores, dropout rates, and how many go on to pursue higher education. In regards to the legal and justice system, I would argue that it's completely flawed and in dire need of reform. The United States has incarcerated more citizens than any other country, almost 25% of the world's incarcerated population. This is largely a product of the war on drugs, which again has disproportionately affected people of color. Research reveals that people of color are sentenced to harsher prison sentences than whites for similar offenses. One in three black men who haven't graduated high school will end up behind bars. Um, Being sentenced to prison also has many adverse negative effects on areas such as income, employment, family stability, and more. It's also important to note the effects of parole supervision and how it contributes to many people being sent back to prison for violations. African-Americans are almost five times as likely to be reincarcerated than whites for uh, parole violations and almost seven times more likely to be placed under parole supervision. With health care, black people are more likely to be uninsured than whites. This is caused by disparities in employment and uh, overall wealth that we touched on earlier. The less financially stable you are, the less likely you're able to afford health care. It's really that simple. Um, this is a really terrible reality when we look at the effects of poverty and um, how it can impact you know, a person's health, uh, contributing to diseases, alcohol and drug addiction, mental illness, increasing uh, the, the chances that you may be harmed in the need of medical attention. On the issue of systematic inequality, the last thing I'd like to mention is politics. In the political arena, African-Americans are severely underrepresented. Uh, The previously mentioned Business Insider article also states that while the 116th Congress was the most diverse ever, only 57 of 535 voting members of Congress were black. I feel as though African-Americans lack the power to affect public policy, um, voter suppression tactics, voter ID laws, poll closures, longer wait times to vote, um, these type of things affect, you know, a person's ability to go out there and vote. Um, there's also the fact that, uh, felons, many of whom are African-Americans, um, you know, they face a hard time being able to vote, you know, um, some can't vote at all and then some have difficulty, you know, uh, with the ability to pay court fees and fines, you know, after they've already served their time. Um, I'm really bothered by the fact that after a person uh, who's been sent to prison, you know, serves their time and they've um, rehabilitated themselves, they still face, you know, all these difficult circumstances. But something uh, so important is voting. A combination of things can cause uh, police brutality, I would say, for one. It's our justice system not having a strict enough punishment for police misconduct. It could also be the officer himself or herself and their own personal issues with things like anger or fear or insecurity or misuse of power. But a really big factor, I believe, that contributes to uh, these police and citizen encounters going sour is uh, stereotypes. One such stereotype is associating black people with criminal behavior. You may not have a weapon on you or drugs, but because of stereotypes, law enforcement may assume that you do. The same goes for suspicion. You may be minding your own business, not breaking a single law, but a police officer may assume that you're up to no good and treat you unfairly. I feel as though cops have an irrational fear of black males. And in order to, you know, uh, save ourselves from, you know, these really, really terrible situations, we really have to work on eliminating stereotypes. On the other side of the coin, uh, I believe that stereotypes play a big role in, uh, you know, African Americans and our dealings with the police. Even though I do believe that there's, you know, a lot of evidence um, that will lead someone to distrust the police. Not every cop is a bad cop. Um, you don't have to buy into the stereotypes and go into every encounter with a cop, uh, fearing for your life, or just trying to avoid law enforcement. Uh, Let's discuss uh, power as it relates to law enforcement. Um, Police officers possess legitimate power in the fact that they can arrest you or give you citations and tickets that you have to pay. I don't think they possess any reward power at all, um, other than the fact that they can decide to not arrest you or not hand you a ticket or citation. Um, Law enforcement definitely possesses coercive power. This is evident in the fact that they can carry weapons and, you know, they're a really large organization. This gives them the ability to uh, possibly coerce people into doing certain things if they choose to do so. Um, As far as referent power, which is the ability of a leader to influence followers um, I do believe police wield this type of power. Uh, for instance, a police officer may become beloved in his or her community and inspire you know, members of that community to improve their lives. Uh, the fact that most police officers are perceived to have a higher knowledge of the law than the average person reflects expert power. Black Lives Matter is a social action campaign that advocates on behalf of victims of police brutality. Uh, This particular organization developed as a result of the disproportionate amount of people that were victimized by police. Um, However, the movement originally started as a result of the death of Trayvon Martin at the hands of George Zimmerman and his later acquittal. Uh, Social media and the hashtag Black Lives Matter uh, was used to spread awareness and bring light to race-related issues in America. Um, As a future social work professional, there's plenty that I can do to advocate on behalf of those affected by excessive force by law enforcement. Uh, Some examples include, you know, just spreading awareness, lobbying for police reform and maybe laws that push for uh, the investigation of police misconduct or oppressive policing um, or even the changing of policies to make police officer training more culturally sensitive. An advocacy event uh, related to police brutality recently happened at the University of Virginia. It was a three-day event as part of uh, the Know Your Rights Week, which educated students, mainly minorities, on how to use their rights to fight oppression. Uh, They mainly spoke on issues of racism, police misconduct, and uh, also police reform. The intended impact of uh, the event uh, was to inform people of their rights and basically uh, how to navigate race related issues in society the knowledge i 've acquired through this assignment will definitely impact my uh, social work practice after completing this process I've gained a deeper understanding of the topic of uh, excessive force by law enforcement and a greater appreciation for those who were victimized uh, as well as their families um I've also learned many ways that, you know, I can get engaged and advocate on behalf of those uh, who've had these experiences. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, My name is Darren Lucas again, and uh, this wraps up today's discussion on the Mind Over Matter podcast of police brutality. Thank you.